So the Sunday after Easter, two weeks ago, we started a seven-week sermon series on Gifted for More. Uh, we started that all good giving, all giving comes from the Father. And last week, Pastor Micah talked about as creatures of our Creator, we each have natural abilities and gifts, talents, skills, that we can use to honor God and serve one another. Everyone in the world has natural gifts, talents, abilities from our Creator God. For the next five weeks of this series, we're going to focus on a gift that is unique to you. The world does not have spiritual gifts. Only those who are baptized believers in Jesus Christ. So today we're especially going to focus on, as we talk about spiritual gifts, the importance that you and your spiritual gift is to the whole. To unpack this, we're going to venture this morning up to the city of Corinth. You can see Jerusalem down on the lower right of the screen where Jesus was crucified, died, risen, and ascended. And just like 20 years after Jesus, Paul takes the gospel on his second missionary journey all the way west to Greece to the port city of Corinth there. Corinth was at the heart of a major trade route, and man was Corinth its own unique city. It was very, very diverse ethnic-wise, many different nationalities. There was a diversity of working classes there, as well as a plethora of different Greek and Roman, Jewish, religions. And they were known <laughs> for their immoral conduct. If you could picture kind of an ancient Las Vegas strip, it would be the city of Corinth. But that's exactly where Paul planted a church of Jesus Christ. But that young church was pretty quickly consumed by strife and division from all the different human things that divide. And so then, and even today, Paul holds up a really powerful image of the church of Jesus Christ. Let's take a look again at our words from 1 Corinthians 12. Paul says, Just as the body is one and has many members... And all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, and we were all made to drink of the one Spirit. What image does Paul hold before a church rent with division and strife amongst themselves then and even for the church today? What's the picture? The human body. The human body. One incredible entity <laughs> with many, many individual working parts. I read that the human body has 78 main organs. 
I read that in your body there are 206 bones. In your body, your creator gave you 642 skeletal muscles. In your body, there are 21 different chemical components. And in your body, under those levels, there are billions of other substructures of cells and tissues and systems like the digestive system, all working together for one purpose. Life. Life. Glorifying the Creator who made it. Paul says that's the image of the church, of you and me here today. In the waters of holy baptism, Paul says, we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. The Holy Spirit unites us across all human things that would divide us. And yet in our unity together as one body of Christ, there is also a profound diversity where we are each different yet important pieces of the church, his body. And so Paul now wants to press into this idea, this picture more in the next verses, pressing into our unity amidst diversity. Here, look how here it continues now in verse 14. The body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, does that make it so? Or if the whole body were an eye, like Monsters, Inc., where would the sense of hearing be? The sense of smelling. But now God has placed the members in the body, each one of them, just as he desired. Can you just try to picture how awkward that would look and dysfunctional that would be if there was just a human head on top of a leg? How functional would that kind of body be? How effective would the church of Jesus Christ be in this world if it were just a head on top of a giant leg? See, that's why Paul says it's this whole body. The whole body. And God has placed each one of you, each part, exactly where you and I need to be so that we can serve the whole. There are two big truths here that Paul is impressing on us. The first one, he wants you to know today that God gave you a special gift for a specific purpose in the body of Christ. If you are a baptized believer in Jesus Christ, you are part of his body. And if you are part of the body of Christ, you have a part to play in the body of Christ. Again, the world, unbelievers, do not have this spiritual gifting. Only those who belong to Jesus. 
And the second truth, if you are a part of Christ's body and you have a part to play in the body, then that means you are indispensable to the whole. Think of creation week. When we read in Genesis that God literally like, made the sun with his hands and God made the moon with his hands and Genesis describes God taking the burning sun with his hands and saying it's got to go right here for there to be life on earth. And then God took the lesser light, the moon, and said, for there to be life on earth, the moon's got to go right here and have this distance from the earth and on this axis and this gravitational pull and this rotation around the earth as they both rotate around the sun. That's the fine craftsmanship with each of you in the body of Jesus Christ. When God baptized you to his body, he said, I'm going to give you this spiritual gift and I'm going to take you and place you here. And this is going to be your unique function to serve and bless the whole. This means, Paul says, the eye can't say to the hands now, I have no need for you. The head cannot say to the foot, I have no need for you. The members of the body, which may seem weak, like a pinky fingernail, Paul says, are necessary. And the ones in the body that seem insignificant to the body like maybe the gallbladder, Paul says we actually bestow more honor. See, as God composed his body, he grafted all of us into his body to be interdependent with one another, never independent from one another. I need you and you need we as one body of Jesus Christ. Just as there are outside chemicals, toxins, bacteria, infections, poisons that can come into our earthly bodies and wreak havoc, there are four poisons that Paul is writing can also infect and poison the church of Jesus Christ. One of those sins, let's call individualism. That I am on my own and I can follow Jesus and I really don't need the church. All right. Say that I have a hand here that wants to be individual. And so my hand is lopped off from my body so that my hand can go crawl and do its own thing. What would happen to my hand if it was severed from my body? 
it completely dies. The cells die. There is no place in our human body or even in Christ's body for solitude or self-sufficiency. Neither. Ambition. Ambition. Ambition in the body of Christ sounds like this. Well, I have been here so long, I want to have the say around here. And I think we ought to be doing this or doing what we used to do back when. So I want a voice. I want control. I want some authority around here because I see how things really need to be. What would happen if our liver one day said, I'm done with the rest of y'all and I'm going to leave and go off on my own? That kind of personal ambition would destroy the rest of the body pretty quick. The third poison for the body of Christ are factions, divisions, splinters. In Corinth, the church was saying, I follow Paul. Other Christians were saying, we follow Apollos. Other Christians there were saying, well, we follow Peter. And it was just renting that church with division. And we can have the same temptations today. I follow this person, or I follow this pastor, or I'm with this group. Whose church is it? The church does not belong to anyone on staff here. The head of the church is no one on the board or the board as an entity. The head of the church is no one, if they've been a long-standing generational family, the head of the church is no one on earth. The church has one head. And this person bought it at a very steep price on the cross. And it's his church. And he is the one that sends his Holy Spirit to baptize us into his one body under his headship. When I originally had this part of the message outline, I actually had three poisons, three sins that will just wreak havoc on the body of Christ. But there was one on my heart that I just couldn't let go of. So I actually revised it, and that's why now it is four. This other poison that will also just wreak havoc on the body of Christ is what we might call apathy. Apathy says the church doesn't really need me, and so I'm content to just be a sideline Christian. Nowhere in the Bible is there ever comparison of the church with apathy. In fact, apathy would picture the church like a school bus. Picture a school bus where we just go get on when the doors open and we sit in our 
seats, our pew, right? And we're just comfortable and cozy in our seats on the bus. And we are content to just watch one person do all the driving and work. And we enjoy a ride. A better image from nature for the church, this body of Jesus Christ, is actually this. This is a colony of fire ants. For many, many, many years, scientists were puzzled how fire ants could survive the huge, devastating floods of the Amazon River Basin in countries like Brazil. At first, these colonies just seemed to look like a human game of twister where all the limbs and legs were just kind of mopped together and somehow it would float. I mean, if you take one fire ant on its own and put it in water by itself, as you can imagine, it begins to flounder and eventually sink. But scientists with technology have been able to zoom in on colonies like this and with a much closer look, here is what they realized that each fire ant uses its claws to attach to the other ant next to it and the suction cups on its legs adhese, make adhesive to the other ant next to it so that as each ant is literally holding on to the one next to it, it creates air pockets so that together, all holding on to each other, all doing its part, the colony becomes a life raft and floats. That's an image for the church of Jesus Christ. As for these next weeks, we talk about the spiritual gifts that God has given you and what we can do as his body when we are all linked tight together using our gift to serve. That's why Paul closes this section. So God has composed the body, that there not be schisms in the body, but that the members have the same care and concern for each other. That if one member in the church is suffering, all the members suffer together. If one member in the body is glorified, the whole colony rejoices together. And then Paul says this emphatically, you yourselves are the body of Christ. Individually, you are each an indispensable part to the whole. Next week, we're going to go to the beginning of 1 Corinthians 12 and look at some of the individual spiritual gifts that God gives the church to serve the body and witness to the world.